welcome to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film and feminism. I'm Contrera and this week's special episode is another one that we just quickly made while we're still making season two. I felt that it was necessary to put something out because of uh, Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones and I decided that I wanted to concentrate on completionism and our obsession with wanting to get the most out of all the TV and films that we're watching, particularly in the age of peak TV. So Nick and I sat down and we talked about what completionism is and what it means for the modern viewer. And then there's a break. And after that, we review Endgame, which is absolutely full of spoilers. There are some mild spoilers in this first section, but the new section, which is around the 50-minute mark, and I'll put the exact number in the show notes, is when the real spoilers start for our review of Endgame in line with Beyond Bechdel and everything the podcast stands for. So here's Completionism and Endgame. Enjoy! This special episode of the podcast, I would like to talk about completionism. Completionism. Do you know what completionism is? I do, but maybe you should explain what completionism is. <laughs> well, okay. So, completionism comes from video games. And in the video gaming world, you can complete a game by... I shouldn't use the word complete. You can win the game by rescuing the princess from a castle Mm -hmm. old school anti beyond beckdale computer game or you know if you're lara croft let's say by um uh, killing all the baddies or you never have to do shooting the dinosaurs and then getting to the end yeah so that's how you used to be able to win a game and then completionism came along and that's where not only can you win the game you can also collect all the secret crystals speak to all the npcs non-playable characters do all these other things and it's something that i've noticed that has grown and grown and grown where just doing something the easy way or the most straightforward way in computer gaming no longer is giving gamers the thrill they need more challenge and more difficulty and i suppose it's getting more out of the game yeah i suppose it's not just i mean as someone who's collected a variety of things over the years um completionism probably means the same thing which is you just that there's one particular thing you're collecting and you keep collecting it until you've completed it no matter how intricate and difficult it happens to be and it's the it's the fun of actually doing it that's rather than the, the final you know the final yeah. completion if you're complete if you're completing it if you're collecting figurines you could be happy by having 10 different characters from toy story as figurines that you display in your house and you know that used to be something that people did they collected things every time they found them and then it became a more dynamic pastime whereas oh you know there are 200 yeah. possible figurines and therefore and you're going to get all 200 also. you have to get this is this is what i'm getting to yeah and um and i know what that feels like oh yeah <laughs> maybe not with toy story but i know what that feels like but definitely i believe that there's now a, a, an additional layer of stress involved with things because it's almost dampened down your feeling of 
ticking the box or 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 you know completing the game because actually no you haven't because you can get all of these side benefits mm. and then it turns into but I haven't really won the game unless I have also found all of the side yeah, benefits. Yeah. And all of those challenges and, and different things are notoriously more difficult. That's the point. They're an additional challenge. And this has been building, I think, for years and years in the gaming industry. But I think in the era of peak TV and film, um, completionism is now something which has bled into this world. So how does that manifest itself in... TV world or I can, film world? I can tell you about my own personal experience. Um, so it might be that it, it lends itself to the type of person you are as well. I'm not saying everyone's a completionist, but I do believe people are becoming completionists now. So an example would be Game of Thrones. So to some people, Game of Thrones is just a TV show which started eight, nine years ago. And everything you can watch it and enjoy it, everything, just the TV show. And I'd say that was probably your experience yeah. of it. You came yeah. to it a bit later than other viewers. A lot later. Yes. Um, but once you liked it, you, you, you were a beginner completionist because I believe you watched a season with me that was a later season and then we went back and I think watched. I watched a few episodes. You definitely had seen um, something not in chronological um, and order. And then we played The Witcher 3 and then we decided that we really liked that, <laughs> or I did anyway. Um, but, but, but how does that... I mean, are, we, are you saying... That, Hang on, I haven't finished sorry, it yet. Yeah. So, um, for you personally, I'm saying that was your introduction to comple completionism. Yeah. You weren't satisfied to just watch it going forward from the moment you started watching it, you, you thought, actually, I could go back and see everything at the beginning and watch season one all the way through to whatever season it was, season six or, or what have you that you were, yeah. you were watching. So for me, I have the books, which I haven't finished, but I try, I'm trying to read them because someone gifted them to me even before actually the TV show yeah. came up and I kind of wish I'd, you know, they're very thick books. So it's very, very anxiety-inducing <laughs> with small print. Um, they're quite easy to read. Um, so you have these books which deviate from the TV show. So in order to be a completionist, you might want to know more about the world of so ice you, and so fire. What? So it's not enough just to it's sort of watch all the It's not enough to just the watch the show. Then You've got to read the books. And, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, okay. ga the Game of Thrones fan community is fascinating because you have this delineation between people who only watch the show and those who've read the books as well. And there's almost a sense that, um, you know, they feel pride. It's a badge of honour to say, I know these things. But it started off being in the early seasons of Game of Thrones, um, a book reader knew something that was coming that a show watcher didn't. So that was almost like a sense of, ha, 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 I know something <laughs> you don't know. And, um, and But also seeing, then, then there's the split where um, either um, something happens that's different in the TV show to what was in the books, or the TV show, as it has now done, has gone further and is now doing things which are, may have been hinted at or may not have been hinted at in future books, which George R. R. Martin hasn't yet written or certainly not published. 
Um, and now, uh, Game of Thrones is growing and growing, and you also have apps. I listen to a lot of podcasts. There's there's a huge amount of theory crafting and speculation, and um, and uh, Game of Thrones is certainly not the um, the only example of this because I'm really interested in what's known as mystery box television where you have to try and you know puzzle solve within it which in the modern world probably started with lost mm. um but because things are changing at the moment we're recording this podcast i want to record it right now because we are living through what may well be the end of an era and we know it it's all the the mcu the first the avengers canon, what have you, films, are coming to an end. Well, the Infinity War saga. The Infinity saga. War saga, if you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that... I don't think we've seen the end of the MCU by any stretch of the no. imagination. Okay, I want to re-record that. <laughs> <laughs> so, the MCU... No, that's fine. The Infinity War saga hmm. is, well, has effectively come to an end yeah, with so. Endgame. I yeah. would have thought, yeah. And I think we will talk a little bit about that. Mm. I'd like to talk about that. Um, and it's literally happening right now. We saw the film on Wednesday, Thursday. It was very early in the morning. Um, and m- most other people are seeing it this weekend. And I already know a few people who've seen it up to four times, which wow. is crazy. It is. Um, but I would definitely want to see it again. So I suppose that's that's testament to maybe me wanting to see something twice, which is not something I care for. in a, in a At the cinema in a short period of I time. I think that's fine for certain films. I think Star Wars films are in that category where you can go and watch them probably a couple of times True, but as well. You or I didn't in the the newest Star Wars Jedi. film. Did Not we? twice at the cinema, did I don't think. Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe we didn't. Maybe you did. I don't know. Um uh and Game of Thrones is obviously coming to what is apparently the end of at least Game of Thrones as it works within the yeah. black world. So the completionism has has like ramped up to a level of intensity that I have not experienced in my life. It's as is, this, if, is this because the MCU, or at least the Infinity, the Infinity Saga, and Game of Thrones are sort of, uh, you know, converging all at the same time? Yes, I'm saying this is a particular moment in time yeah. where two of the largest media commodities of our lives are well and they are huge yeah. and have spanned mm. 10 years yeah. each are coming to an end yeah. and that people are now rushing to enjoy the completionist aspect of it before it ends uh. i feel like there's a i feel like a, to use a lot of mcu parlance um time is speeding up <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's like we are recording this on Sunday. Uh, tonight or tomorrow morning, we are going to watch the third episode of Game of Thrones. And spoiler alert, if you didn't know this, there is going to be... You probably would have, se- you would have seen this maybe yeah. by the time you listen to this podcast, hopefully. Um, uh, 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 listeners will, will, have, uh, will know that there is a huge battle coming in yeah. episode three and it's an hour 22 minutes long and the chances are given if you're a game of thrones fan and you've watched episode one and two of series eight um uh, season eight um people are probably going to die yeah so both 
and we'll get to the MCU, both the MCU and Game of Thrones are trying to stamp finality onto something. Now, in the computer game non-completionist parlance, you could just watch Game of Thrones, you could just watch Endgame and not watch any other MCU film, or not all of them, and you could still have a really enjoyable experience. Because yeah. I think Endgame is just a good, a good film, and I love Game of Thrones. But now we are becoming, as an audience, as a worldwide audience, so immersed within these worlds that the completionism aspect of it is having a life of its own. We rewatched twenty, twenty-one, maybe twenty, or something like that. Yes, we didn't rewatch Captain Marvel, and we didn't rewatch Ant Man and the Wasp. Because but we, we watched, uh, well, not Captain Marvel. We could have watched Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp. We didn't get around to um, it, and I felt like it was still fresh enough in my mind. We watched all. We watched yeah. twenty films in order in about two weeks, maybe less than two, two weeks. weeks. All Ten an, day all, period. All in anticipation of Endgame, yes. basically. We didn't do this before Infinity War. No, we didn't. Uh, yeah. I, I think, in, I th- I think yeah. Infinity War definitely sharpened our appetite for some reason, yeah. but there you are. And has there ever been anything like this? Like, even, like, the closest thing I can think of that has this many films is probably Bond? Like, Harry Potter's gone now. Um, Harry Potter's gone. Like, yeah, what, well, what, what is something that's had 22 films I, I, within the same canon? <sighs> I mean, twenty. There probably isn't anything that's at the same level of, of connection to each other. But then again, you have to consider that not all those MCU's are MCU films are connected to the Infinity War at the same time. So you have to probably have to work out how many of those are all connected in. Um, uh, well, it, uh, as a true completionist, I mean, you still watch them. Don't get me yeah, wrong. But my point of view is that I've enjoyed the later films more, and I've understood so much more by watching all of the films in order. I wrote an article, I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, about five years ago, maybe longer, when I was doing a lot more film writing, where I completely slated the MCU. And this was probably end of phase one. I don't think... I know. I don't... Well, also, I'm just like the ultimate hypocrite now because I'm like, you know, the biggest Avengers fan Mm. now. And, you know, obsessed with where the Infinity Stones are at any given moment. Um, (laughs) And I, I think I've become a completionist. Now, it could be because there are... 20 films so therefore it's easier to become a completionist when there's there's a big thing to complete do you know what I mean like in in, in terms of your figurines if you only had to get five or you had to get 200 well I what think, are you going to enjoy well, I, doing I think, more I think there's a, as, a, as a general rule uh, against anything like this whether you're watching or collecting the more you invest in something uh, especially as regarding time and effort then the greater the reward at the end of it so it, you know, having watched 20 MCU films, then we were always going to enjoy Endgame that much more because we've invested a heck, heck of a lot of time in that. So you think, yeah, but that sounds as if we're we're expecting something because of what we've done. Yeah, but the, the interestingly, the counterpoint to that is you you sort of um, inevitably feel hollow and empty um, at the end, <laughs> thinking, oh my god, and it's not actually, and it's usually at the end the of fact- Endgame or at the end of watching the 20. Uh, at the end of Endgame, I think. And it's largely because you know that that's the end of something and you're kind of then searching for the next thing. It should be fair to the MCU. It's not like it's ended. There are There'll be new films coming out, but we know that there's a new Spider-Man, No, it's very much the um, end of an era, not the end of the MCU. Yeah. Um, 
But it's the same with Game of Thrones. If you, if you invest that much in it over that period of time, um, yeah, you're always going to feel like that, that there's, you know, you're missing something at the end of it. So you'll look for the next thing, um, which could be anything, I suppose. I wonder, though, if the sheer emotional um, detriment that I have felt in recent weeks about the fact that things that are just media properties but are incredibly important to me because I'm not even a young person but I feel like to some extent I've grown up with these things it's this feels a lot bigger than just two tv just a tv show and and a film thing I don't care about like this about Fast and the Furious I've seen some of those films not many and there's there's probably going to end up being 20 Fast and Furious films to be honest well it's not I didn't even feel like this about Harry Potter no but I I think well maybe not with Harry Potter but certainly Bond films and to I think to a certain extent Harry Potter (laughs) you can you can watch them all in isolation this is the thing uh, and and get whatever you want out of them (laughs) If, you want, if, you, if you're going to watch an episode of Game of Thrones midway through season three, it's probably not going to make a lot of sense to you. So you're probably going to have to start at the beginning. Don't watch the we- now, Red Wedding and yeah, go, is this what it's yeah, like every really? week? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the next episode will be rubbish, probably. Um, but then the MCU, I suppose, is a bit of a hybrid there because I think you can watch... The majority of the films you actually can watch in isolation, but there are little tidbits all over the place that, that won't make as much sense to you. Certainly, you cannot w- watch Endgame without watching Infinity War because it really won't make any sense to you. Um, God, yes, because it has a terribly bleak opening. Yeah, I and I think that would be a horrible way to just watch a film. Well, you'd be wondering what the hell nowhere. is really going on, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because um, the whole point, in fact, yes, maybe this is the true completionism. I would say that you can't watch Endgame. On its own. No. And how many films are there in existence ever where you can't watch the film unless you've watched at least one previous film? <sighs> it's it's a fascinating concept. I, I, I think from a sequence point of view, too, I grew up with um, uh, the original Star Wars films, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I do recall... I definitely watched New Hope first, mm-hmm. but I do then recall going to see Return of the Jedi at the cinema and missing The Empire Strikes Back. I'd never even seen it. Now, from a plot perspective, it doesn't really make any sense because I'd have had to fill in the gaps about why Han Solo was in Carbonite, for example. It didn't make any sense to yes, me. Yes, so um, the th- maybe the third film or the you know a later film in a property actually yeah. does. But I wouldn't say that detracted from my enjoyment, but clearly there were some plot holes there that in my, my young child mind I had to sort of fill in. But I think, again, it comes down to time and investment. I do think that the original, not maybe not original, but one of the key sequence of films of investing audiences over a long period of time, probably Lord of the Rings, actually. Okay. Simply because you've got, what, three, three-hour films there, maybe even four hours if you're going to include special editions and what have you. Still only three films. Um, it is only three films, but it's 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 that's quite a lot at the time. It felt like 20 films to at, me. At the time, that's quite an unusual thing. To end, say, Fellowship of the Ring, where you end it, which is without any real conclusion. Yeah. And then yeah. what you're saying to people is, yeah, this is the first part of a trilogy. You're going to have to yeah. watch the second and the third one. Um, it was quite a brave move, and it worked as well. Um, I, I think the quality has to be there. So if you end Game of Thrones... You know, season one with Ned Stark being killed or whatever, you're kind of inviting people. You're going to have to watch the second series at this point and and sort of 
keep yourself on ice until that second series I is there. I think that's a slightly different thing, though, because I think that's how TV showrunners do their job. These days, yes, but not always. So cross-series cross series storylines... You I, think they are an isolated... I, I, I think they're newer than... than if, you take, if you go back in time to something like, say, 24, uh, the series, give something yeah. the series... Um, yeah, but that was 24 hours. Yes, it was, but <laughs> e- each series is, what, 24 Fs? Yes, um, of one hour of long. one hour long. Where um, um, uh, Jack Bauer never goes to the yeah, toilet. Yeah, never goes Very to the important. toilet. Very important. Yes. <laughs> he's always... My overriding he, he memory. Never, he never has a sleep. He's never he's like, you know, I just fancy a kip, and it's just him yeah. on the sofa for an hour. Yeah. Um, but... Each, I could stay. I'm just, yeah, but hang on. I could just. I could stay awake for 24 hours. I'm not entirely sure I could not wee for 24 um, hours. I'm not sure how shit hot I'd be on so, t- hour 23. I'm not sure I'd be stopping so a terrorist plot on hour 23. But anyway, but, um, yeah. we but, digress. But the point being is that you can watch. You watch each series in isolation. You, mm-hmm. you could watch series three of 24 and not having watched series one and two of 24. And that's one way of doing it. Um, so we watched uh, True, True Detective the other week, and, and uh, same thing. You can watch you can watch the series in isolation, but you need to watch the entire series to make sense of it. Where Game of Thrones sort of differs is yeah. that it requires investment over years yeah. and years and years of time. Um, but True Detective, sorry, quickly is a, is a is an important one for you to bring up because mm. you're not even a true completionist in that because you I haven't seen True Detective season one or, or two. two. I've, I watched, but through. you you um, you just um, like uh, disproved your own point because you can watch all of True True Detective season three. And it makes sense. Yes, but if you watch True Detective season one like I did and two, and then you spend a lot of time on Reddit because you don't have a life <laughs> when you're watching True Detective yeah. season three. In fact, I'm really glad you brought that up because I can give you my take on my experience of True Detective season okay. three, okay. which was I was let down. It was an absolutely amazing TV <laughs> series. It was not an absolutely amazing season three of the True Detective series because there are so many things that relate to all of these characters, folklore, there were all these like, you know, um, the red string boards, like that, the True Detective was made for completionists Mm. and theorisers and puzzle boxers. And then Nick Pizzolatto, who is the showrunner and creator, makes a version of the show that basically takes the piss out of people like me. I felt personally affronted by the ending of True Detective Season 3, which was like, ha, 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 you did all that theory crafting, you read all that stuff around the subject, you saw all our secret clues in videos, and then it wasn't actually quite that. It was much more straightforward. This person did this, which is not like Season 1 or Season 2 of True Detective, where there's all sorts of different things. So... I do believe we are coming to the end of a complete completism era, at, le- at least in terms of television, maybe, and film, because I think if people are starting to take the piss out of something, once it becomes pastiche, it might be on its way out. It's, it's interesting. I think it depends on, on whether or not something happens to particularly... Uh, you know, ha- happens to have its finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist at any particular moment, and and Game of Thrones, for whatever reason, did, and probably the MCU did. Sure, lots of special effects, and as far as Games and Thrones, uh, Game of Thrones are concerned, lots of you know sword, blood, and tits had a lot to do with it, at least yeah. in the early series. Yeah. Um, but it, it's more to do with that that engaging people over a period of time. I mean, the the anticipation of this series and probably the last one as well mm-hmm. was was quite quite intense. Um, 
if you think about that, I mean, you're, you're sort of assuming everyone's watched the previous six yeah. years worth of, of episodes, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's actually a perfectly reasonable assumption because they actually because they have. Um, that to me is a slightly new concept. I mean, you mentioned Lost as being possibly the source of that. I would say that let, let's talk about our f- references. So we can only really talk about the things that have kind of directly affected us in our lifetime because I actually think completionism is something that you kind of have to live through. You At the moment, there are an awful lot of teenagers who are watching Friends and who are watching The American Office, at least in America. I don't know if they're watching that all over the world. And apparently those... Uh, you know, both series that have ended, or The Office a bit more recently, but um, uh, shows that ended a little while ago, and now a new teenage audience is watching those shows. But actually, I think that it, it's not the same thing to be watching it again. It is if it's in your cohort, if all your friends are doing it as well. So, back to your point, mm-hmm. in our lifetime, we have Star Wars... I think you said which was the first idea of something where you needed to watch all three parts to get the greatest amount of enjoyment yeah. out of yeah. um, Return of the Jedi, let's say. Um, and, and actually, particularly, like I suppose it starts with Empire Strikes Back because I feel like A New Hope is such a complete film in itself. It stands, you, you never have to make another no, Star Wars alone. film. It, it stands alone. Fanboys around the world go... Ah. No, it, it stands alone. It, it, it's a standalone <laughs> isolationist piece with... Yeah, if, if it had failed, if it had been a financial failure, then you wouldn't have seen the next no. two, but it, it survived. It's a bit like The Matrix, first Matrix, stands alone on its, yes. own, on its own. And then the second Although you could argue, like, did it get much better? Uh, <laughs> no, Matrix Reloaded was brilliant. Well, I it's think... I, revolutions I think, I think what I'd say is with. The Matrix is a standalone film. Then yes. The Matrix, what is it, Reloaded? And, Reloaded and Revolutions. And Revolutions yeah. are definitely connected as two. So, so yeah. in other words... We're going to spread the production costs. We're going to instead of instead of actually making one film, we're going to make two, yeah. and hopefully rake in double double the money. But it does yeah. assume that you are going to watch that first one, be intrigued, and then watch that second one, uh, which... and and particularly watch that second one, mm. and then be really really going for the third one. Yeah, this is when you have the like you know sophomore film or series, and mm. it has to really be better. Yeah, although I'd say nowadays actually. I've seen quite a few TV shows where the second one isn't that good, but the third one's really good. So there's almost like a dip. That's you know more about slump. that than I do. Yeah, I've watched a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, so Star Wars was probably the first reference within our lifetimes-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, then TV-wise, Lost, yeah, was. Because I watched... Twin Peaks, some of it, but Twin Peaks didn't even make any sense most of the time. So, and and I was frightened of it most of the time. Um, original Twin Peaks, and I watched Quantum Leap. I'm trying to think of like recurring shows but where Qu- there was Leap a thread. Well. You would say Star Trek, well, but well, I wasn't so into I mean, it when no, I was young. No, I mean I I don't think there are overlap. I mean, for example, Quantum Leap. No, it has a it has an overarching story, it, it has a, it and has it has a, an episode by episode. It has a, it has a concept that runs yeah. through it, but yeah. you can watch any individual episode and it will make perfect sense. You don't to have you, to complete provi- quantum, provided thing. you understand yeah. what the principle is or yeah. is of it. You don't um, have to. You don't have to Star complete Trek, Star Trek. Star Trek. It depends. I, I think some series of it, like for example, DS Nine, definitely has overarching 
sort of storylines that run. Which captain's that? that Beardy? Uh, yeah, what's his a name? Woman? Cisco, Benjamin Cisco. Ooh, who's uh, he? Uh, he's uh, on board the space station with. Uh, I might not have seen this. Um, it's all right. It was towards the light, towards the Clearly, end of the series. It's not a completionist one no. because never even no. heard of it. But it does so. have that that thing where there are overarching storylines that that go between series. Oh right. Um, okay. The original Star Trek Next Generation and yeah. the original probably didn't or less because you could just watch an episode and as long yeah. as you know who the characters are, you make sense of it and that's yeah. that. So if you if you if you watch Star Trek, miss ten episodes, then yeah. go and watch the eleventh episode, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. Yeah. With DS Nine, it may not have been that simple because you probably would have missed quite some significant overarching yeah. plot points. It seems to me here though that if once you get to Lost. You're moving into a slightly different area, which is which does align it with gaming, mm. and therefore the completionist title does lock in, which is the puzzle box part of it. Mm. Because I think Star Trek, you might be thinking, oh, where are they going next, or who's this, or you know, um, tell me more about uh, Vulcans or what have you, or you know, who's truly who's truly good or bad. But Lost was the first ever show where it demanded that you try and theorise. It, it, it deliberately left things open, went back and forward in time, introduced characters and then left them for a bit, introduced craziness like a polar bear on a desert island or a hatch. <laughs> the, 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 like, like Lost was more than TV, it was an event. And I suspect the fact that escape rooms and cinematic experiences like... Um, Secret cinema are also a result of Lost, because pe- because the world expanded. You know, mm. in 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 Back to the Future or other films where they look at the future, and they all thought we were going to be walking around, walking within things, and we're getting there, aren't we? We can talk to you know the TV and turn it on, and we can do all these kind of things, but we're not quite immersive. There's virtual reality, but I don't think everybody has it or everybody uses it. Yeah. And there's no, there's never been, as far as I'm concerned, maybe I'm out of the loop, uh, a VR series that everyone's talking about that you can only do if you have that. So. The <sighs> the amazing. yeah I think it might be coming but because we've got to go to what what's next so completionism at the moment is watch every episode watch every episode again because you might see something or something that was in episode one of series one now relates to episode two in series six and um, read books relating to it or supplementary products um. Uh, listen to podcasts, talk to people about it, record a podcast about it. <laughs> it's it's it, the world is getting bigger. It, it the mm. TV and film is becoming, um, what's the word? Experiential, you know, which is the whole okay. thing where you're adding more to it. Yeah, and I think that we are in like peak experiential, and I suppose the reason why I've brought this all up and we're talking yeah. about it is to ask. Do you think completionism is a good thing? (sighs) (laughs) I think I think it's actually a a a trait that's associated with certain people, and I'm one of them. I I will admit. And good is it a good thing? It's part of what what, of who you are. So I can't. I don't think you can really assess it, or I can't really assess it for myself on good or bad. I just know that I'm always going to be that person that always wants to do everything in any particular arena, mm. um, which can be 
a bit of a curse at times, it has to be said, um, especially as things grow expansively beyond belief and you think, oh, I've got to put a, a limit on this somewhere. You're, you can also find it can be costly, it can be time-consuming. Um, but if that's the way you want to spend your time, is there a problem with it? Not necessarily, not, not, not to my mind. I've certainly never lived my life thinking, oh, I could be out there doing something else instead. Because I keep thinking, well, but I'm enjoying doing this. Is that not what I'm here for, to enjoy myself doing something? So, yeah. Not, not see any daylight. Enjoy myself it in front of what, the goggle It box. depends what your completionism <laughs> is all about. If you're a cycling completionist, then uh, you, you, you go no out problem. cycling every weekend. Yeah, or no if problem. you're a football completionist, you go to every single home yeah. and away game. Yeah, you're right. Completionism has, has yeah. existed in other forms. But I think TV completionism is really at a peak at the moment. Um, yeah. It, it, it's 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 probably more manageable in, in some respects than other than other sort of pastimes of the, where completionism is a factor. Simply because in general there is a finite number of, of episodes or whatever it happens to be. Now there may be some extended universe there that includes books and other things, mm. but probably manageable. Essentially, it's just an experience thing where you have to just go through it. Um, as a friend of mine collected vinyl for years and years and years, and he was a completionist. Mm. The problem is, what's he going to do? Collect every single original pressing that's been in existence? He knew that that was never possible. He also knew there was no end in sight. So, did he have anybody, though, that like an artist that yes, he, did. he thought, I will yeah. complete absolutely, their collection? Absolutely. absolutely. And, and, so yeah. he, and, so, and then as I've done this as well, you put parameters down. Well, let's say I want all the original pressings by Elvis. I want all the original pressings by The Cure. And, and you go through and you do that. Yeah. Um, that said, he's probably also got thousands upon thousands of rubbish original pressings that he doesn't even really care about, and I think it's largely down to the fact that he just wanted to have them, yeah. just to say that he had them. What what value is there in that? N- not a lot as far as he's concerned, except he enjoyed collecting them. So the value and the interest yeah. was the fun he had actually collecting them, not, not in the actual end product. I suppose when it comes to TV, the same could be said, that the value is in the experience of doing it rather than anything you gain at the end of it, which is usually, as I said before, quite hollow in my experience maybe because you have to end something i also worry that completionism is wrapped up in fanboy culture oh yeah yeah. we're also living through a time where everybody has an opinion that they are able to um vocalize Mm. and magnify across the internet and there seem to now be factions um recently Two examples I can think of are um, what people thought about Ryan Johnson's um, Last Jedi mm-hmm. film and what people are currently thinking about, about Brie Larson and about Captain Marvel. So you have two big properties there yeah. which have maybe changed something or maybe kept something within the canon. It all depends on your personal point of view. And uh, people are now getting vocal yeah and uh <laughs> fighting one another well, d- don't they always about i think things? it's getting worse that's my point my point is that completionism um i think the reason why people are into it and i speak you know from our experience perhaps is that you get a sense of personal pride and that can easily turn into arrogance well i think what you gain is yes it, it's or it or to put it another way 
you gain a sense of expertise, or at least you feel there's a sense of expertise, and therefore you are qualified to offer an opinion on it, uh, and you may not feel that others necessarily yeah. are. So, yeah, arrogance, arrogance is the word. En- entitlement yeah. is another one as well. Yeah. And entitlement is a big thing that's going around the world at the moment, it, especially when you look at the fact that we love to categorise generations of people, baby mm. boomer, millennial, generation X, etc., etc. I want to look um, unbiasedly at completionism because I'm concerned about what it's turning people into because it encourages an in-group, out-group behaviour. I've read the books of Game of Thrones. I know more than you do. I've watched every Star Wars film, read comics, watch the fucking holiday special, uh, <laughs> know everything about Chewbacca's <laughs> personal relationships, um, uh, you know, and Fantastic Beasts, which was, you know, a comic side book, like, was turned into a film franchise. That's how big completionism is now. You can actually make a, like, million-dollar property mm. out of a throwaway guide to creatures. You know, it's, it's... It's written by the right person. Yes, you can. So, well, yes. And w- w- we had two whole episodes that people can listen to where we berated yeah. Fantastic Beasts 2, so let's not talk about too much Harry Potter. But um, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it because I also think completionism leads to an investment in characters and in story and in these properties by fans... And a seeming ownership that shouldn't be there. I was I was annoyed. I think we'll, what we'll do is we'll, we'll um, pause in a bit, and I think we should go through Endgame and talk quickly about it because yeah. I'd like to talk about some particular issues that came up, and we should probably talk quickly about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, as two examples, because these are happening right now. Some things happened in Endgame that I personally did not like. And I will talk about those shortly. Okay. Because they are spoiler territory. Um, and I don't know whether I would have felt like this even before re-watching all of those films. Or certainly not five years ago. And now I am so invested in these fictitious characters who are superheroes and their personal relationships within the MCU that I feel upset when something happens that wasn't what I was hoping for. Yeah, which is actually... I mean, I, and I do the same with certain film franchises myself. However, you're right. You've got to temper this because who's to say you're right? Who's to say that the masses don't actually enjoy that? Um, and that's what they're... And, they're, and you know, as long as it makes money, it, arguably that, that's what it's all about. However, I'm, without wishing to sound like, you know, I know best and blah, blah, blah. It's more to do with where I think they haven't hit, well, they haven't, they haven't gotten over what I would consider to be a relatively low bar, and that's where it annoys me. Because um, I think, you know what, all you had to do was reach this, this height, and I would have accepted it. You know, if you haven't done that, then yeah. then I think you you I have every right. You feel let down. I, I have every right to be crit- critical. Of that do you point. have every right? That's my question. I think completionism and and the length perhaps of these sagas is breeding this ownership of a property, and we are an audience. People always do that. It's just natural. I mean, I I, I, I don't know any of any 
major film or book sort of franchise or sequence, and that includes all the Star Wars and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and the MCU, where people don't get invested and don't end up with a very strong opinion of it as because of that. Yeah. It's perfectly normal. It's what everyone does. Um, now, I think, generally speaking, I mean, I mean, we don't, we don't, we'll, we'll talk about Endgame shortly, as you yeah. said, but was I in in the main happy with Endgame? I, I would say generally yes. Yes. Well, are there a few things I would have changed? Yes, but I mean, I think I think my bar was not extraordinarily yeah. high, and in my opinion, they were way over it. So yeah. fine by me. Yeah. There are other examples, however, where I thought the bar was similarly not massively high, and they didn't get over it. And I thought it was not unreasonable for me to expect you to hit that bar. But you carried on and watched other films. Uh, yeah. That is the strength of. Yeah, the you, you live in hope. You live in hope, don't you? Okay, that that was that was an, uh, you know an aberration. The next one yeah. is going to be great. So. But if you weren't so invested in that world, you, you might have been like, "This is shit. I don't want to see another yeah, one." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is everywhere, everywhere. There are adverts. There are songs. There are like cookies and food being made. I think. I think. If you, I think. I think if you were fairly certain, kind that, of scary. I think if you were fairly certain that virtually everything that had come out of a particular universe was a load of garbage, mm. you might think twice about it. But usually with these things, you have some hits and some misses. And if you've got more hits than misses in particular, you're always going to go back for a little bit more. Even, and even if that one misses, you'll still try again. I mean, I pose one universe, which I still sort of puzzle over and think, mm. would I bother? And that's um, the DC universe. <laughs> and I keep thinking, oh, God, you know... Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Aquaman. I keep thinking, am I going to bother? Because quite frankly, quite frankly, nothing I've seen in that DC universe has been any good. I listened to another podcast, so I'm ripping this from someone else. And basically, they said that, um, and I'll tell you who it was. It was Griffin Newman, um, who is an actor who also makes a few podcasts. Um, He said that he believes that DC is focusing on directors now and Marvel Cinematic Universe is is really about the universe Mm. because um, is it Justin Lin there's particular director who directed Aquaman and so if anything it's 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 quite clever really it's like the anti-completionist it's like you should watch all of these DC films but know that they're actually not going to relate to each other or even look the same in any way whereas the MCU has a feel like the humour is the same like the stupid well, Thor jokes well I think, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a quality there I mean I think pound for pound there's a quality there in the MCU that isn't there in the DC universe at all no but I also um, think the DC films can be high quality low quality um, I loved Wonder I, Woman don't like Justice League. I, I, I mean, I, the, the biggest, the biggest sort of criticism I, I can give to to the DC universe is actually this: when I watched Justice League, hmm. um, I, I, or I, I watched it, and I, and Superman was dead at the start, and I, and I remember thinking. I don't remember Superman dying. When did Superman die? And that's about the biggest criticism I can pay to DC Universe. It's like, I couldn't even remember that Superman was dead. Jesus. That is definitely anti-completionist. And to wrap this up, um, because I like to be on brand, Mm. do we think there's any gender or or racial split in completionism? I I don't think so. I I think in the properties themselves... Yes, it's it's always the white male is the white heterosexual well, male is the, the the subject matter's driven at white male, but whether or not or, or certainly started off to be maybe the, this next phase I th- I th- of the I th- MCU. I think, will, I think as, I said, as I said before, I think it's a characteristic, a human yeah. characteristic, it can affect any race, any any gender. Yeah, but the, it seems to be that the universes we've looked at are directed at white males, definitely. Yeah, 
I still feel like you can be a completionist even if the content is not directly aimed at you. Yeah, you can. And yeah. you- well, so look at me. This is a yeah. perfect example. Yeah. I love being a completionist. Yeah. I would say, you know, um, 70% of the things I've watched, mm. like probably aren't passing the Bechdel test or certainly not sufficiently. And I also think that, you know, racial makeup, particularly in the MCU, and not at all really in Game of Thrones, (laughs) um, is only just being dealt with now. And I wonder if, you know, they're making a new, do you know they're making a new GOT, like, prequel Uh, or something? I wouldn't be surprised if they very cleverly, you know, deal with the race issue. By actually making things better from that perspective on screen, than than things in the modern day or whatever you I think, call it, whenever I, whenever uh, Game of Thrones is set in the I, fantasy I time. I can't stand spin-offs like that; they really annoy me. Um, the one I'm looking out for, by the way, mm. is um, not out yet, but uh, you know, hopefully the next couple of years, the, yeah. the Witcher series. On, yes. I think it's, it's Amazon doing it. I think. Yeah, but that's pretty white. Uh, go, hang on, so why don't you like? I just don't. I just. I just think it has a beginning. It has an end, and that's that. And spin-offs strike me as, oh, a, as, you, as another way. Oh, you don't way. like a prequel. Well, I, I think just, we need to. I think we need to clarify that you're not saying you were against uh, more people of colour. Oh, no, that's what it God. sounded oh, like. I apologise. That's what it sounded like. No, <laughs> like, I, I just don't I'm like... a white man. I'm not interested <laughs> <Yeah>. in anyone <laughs> else. Keep Hello. It, keep MCU white. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I, 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 on, on a serious point, I just yes. don't like. Um, Spin-offs. I, yeah. I, I didn't really like Fantas- ha- Fantastic yeah. Beasts for this reason. They, they, yes. they, they smack. It's not as good. They smack of Chichiching yeah. cash in yeah. on what is now an ended yeah. franchise. And, and yeah, have ugh. you watched any MC? I don't think you've even watched any MCU series. Uh, no. See, where I'll tell you where spin-offs are good for that point that I just made, which is spin-offs allow you to develop the non male, white, heterosexual characters. Well, like, for example, for me personally, there's Jessica Jones, there's Peggy Carter, um, there's, you know, that's white women, but still, it's, it's you know, and there's lots of other different well, ideas. MCU is slightly different in, in the sense that, that it is an entire universe and, and everything in the MCU is just one wheel spinning and everything going everywhere. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the nature of it. So you do create TV series or more films, whatever. That, yes. that it, it all fits within the universe. Yeah. Where I object is 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 where you, where you have got um, a specific kind of thing like Harry Potter, which has a beginning and an end over whatever it is, seven eight films. Yeah. And then you, and then you go off on a, on a tangent with totally different characters, totally different time period, but same universe, and, well, and, and, yeah. and, it, and it, it bugs me that. Um, you know what I mean? If it had done a I don't know, Harry Potter 9 probably wouldn't have minded, yeah. but I, I do mind that. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm sure they will at some point. Yeah. I'm sure they will. Um, uh, yeah, that's a really interesting point to end on. So completionism, it, we, we kind of think it's a good... Or we think it's an enjoyable thing. There's some negative things or that might come thing, out of I might, it. I might suggest. But, but, but the problem is when you think you're a completionist, you think you have your 200 figurines, and then suddenly they say... Actually, here's another 100, well, got, which got, is like the Pokemon well, effect. I've, I've, got, my... I've, I've got news for anyone who, who's yeah. looking to get into this. You will never reach the end. Is the <laughs> answer. No matter what you're collecting, there will yes. always be a something that you haven't got and that you'll have to spend time and effort getting. Yeah. Possibly money as well. So being a completionist it is never a full-time ends. job. It's, it never ends. And you better enjoy the journey yeah. because you're never going to get to the destination. Basically. If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded. Yeah, you mean because they killed all our friends? We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. And 
thoughts on Endgame? Oh, Endgame. I don't think we should go into detail on the plot. <laughs> no, nah, you don't because need Because partly it's three hours long and I've probably forgotten some of it now. It's no. been a few days. No. no need to. So, what would you say are the most important and ha- what were the happiest things that you got out of watching Endgame? Happiest things? Yeah. Ooh, that, that's a, that's or, or satisfying? Um... I can tell you what I found dissatisfying. Oh, okay, fine. All right. Um, <laughs> Should we just go straight yeah, into the yeah. negative? No, Jesus. No, no, no. It's not that bad. It's not that bad, really. But I, I do feel like so I should comment on the somewhat ropey explanation of time travel. Yes. Um, I, I was just what, what are you talking about? Yes. Uh, with no no real explanation for it at all. And the entire it, plot The, the explanation was, let's slag off every other film yeah. we can think of yeah. that has Th- time travel. That's actually travel. thought about time travel. Yeah. Um, and say, hey, guess what? We're not doing yeah, that's it that way. Rubbish, because if, <laughs> yeah. we do, if we do it that way, none of it makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I can live with that. I can suspend my disbelief in that for the, for the overarching. Uh, most satisfying moments. Um, I did think the battle sequence at the end, when everyone come, when Doctor Strange magics everyone um, his, into uh, in, yes. you know, all the, the Valkyries and the Asgardians and yes. uh, all the disappeared Avengers and, and Guardians and yeah. everyone else come, yeah. come through yes. to face off with Thanos. I thought that was a particularly yeah. sort of like a cheery moment. In fact, when we were well, in the I, cinema, I, everyone I did cried. cheer at that point. Yes, I actually cried because I think I cried when I saw Groot. <laughs> Like he's just it was teenage Groot. Yeah, but, but in Infinity War he chops off his arm to create uh, the Groot. New Groot will always be a little baby Groot to me. Groot's, Groot's he, best. That's your favourite Groot. Groot. That's my favourite Groot. No, my favourite Groot is original Groot. Original Groot. Yeah, yeah we like, we are Groot is uh, my favourite. Well, he's kind Groot. of got that sort of doe-eyed look yeah. about him that makes him quite lovable. But there it? was something so breathtaking about how many characters you could like name mm. and they were all there well i've know? said i've so... said i've said for a long time now that uh, the mcu lends itself on a film by film basis to an ensemble cast mm-hmm. it, it, it works better it's why the avengers films work better it's why captain america civil war in my opinion works slightly better um, and this and these films uh, have absolutely they dream come e- true everybody. They've got everybody. Are, i don't think there's an <laughs> mcu character yeah. that that is, um, I suppose the other thing that I'm a little bit sort of not disappointed with, but I have a little bit of a question mark about, Mm -hmm. is um, Captain Marvel, who basically turns up at the beginning, or appears at the beginning, um, then sods off, and then comes back at the very end. With a different haircut. Uh, And I kind of thought, hmm, that that she she sort of came back in to save the day to a certain extent. Um, Would she not have been involved in this in any other way? She said... She explains it in the movie by saying the universe is very big. She says it in she says it in like more than one time, I think, because clearly the Russo brothers I know. knew. She says the universe is very big. I can't get to you straight away. Yeah, but I'm they not are, saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying she's incredibly powerful, and they, there's going to be a yeah, Captain Marvel too. Yeah, probably. okay. Well, this, this, so they've got to get her away. Yeah, okay. So this this was yeah. my this this is fine actually. I mean, this I, film is I, about I think, Tony Stark and Captain yeah, yeah. America. Um, I think though, if you consider the end of Infinity War when. Nick Fury sends the little message. You are led to believe beep, 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 beep. That Captain Marvel is going to be critical to this whole affair. And in reality, she's not. Oh, that's a very good point. 
Well, no, but that's because they had to leave it with some hope. Look, I love Infinity War, but the more I talk to people, the more I think I might be in the minority because people are, back to completionism, so invested in this that they can't bear it to end like that. Whereas I had every faith that snapping your fingers and getting rid of half of these characters, they're going to come well, of back. Of course, of course. I think you'd have to be a, a monk that, that was going to be it. But the but... audacity of ending it there is one of my favourite things oh, in a, modern no, it's cinema. A great, it's a great yeah, uh, But my point was, my point was that um, they, had to give, they had to give an actual cliffhanger, yeah. which was the message to her. Because you're looking at that view the pr- through the prism of we've now seen a Captain Marvel film. But yeah. when Infinity War came out, I had to Google that. Yeah. I didn't know what well, that sign was. was. Yeah. So actually, that's what most people who are not heavily into the comics or what have you, or, you know, we're obviously not true completionists of MCU. No. Um, some people would have known that and then the gossip spread. You know, the uh, Kevin Feige and the MCU can now use word of mouth to get their message out. Yeah. They don't even yeah. need all these Super yeah. Bowl adverts. And, 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 I'm, and I'm glad to hear there's going to be another Captain Marvel um, if that yes, I think so. Because yes. I think that that's quite important. Otherwise, I'm not quite sure we what we. I'm not quite sure what the point of having Captain Marvel in that film was. If we're not going to have some sort of sequential climb here. Well, no, her. it was because um, she is one of the Avengers. I think it's because it was a red herring. The red herring was that she was the only Avenger who could stop Thanos, who had well, enough power. Well, uh, well we to say. Stop well, we say, see. Here's the thing, though. I mean, her explanation is yeah. that there are other planets in the yeah, but the the, the the Avengers plan was pretty critical to the entire universe and she had to have known that and I just think you might have bothered turning up a bit earlier than you did. But stay, hey. stay, stay in the galaxy, yeah. <laughs> not just in the wider um, universe. There's also she had to go to the intergalactic hairdressers. Yes, clearly, just to get that... Um, Terrible there haircut! Is, there, is, there is another problem with, with Captain Marvel in this film as well and possibly the reason why she was left out of it is mm. she has Superman syndrome, which is... In the DC universe, if you've got a problem, mm-hmm. um, are you who, who are you going to call? Who's who's the first person you're going to call to solve any problem that you've got? Superman. It's going to be Superman. But isn't that because almost everybody else in the in the Superman thing yeah. doesn't have the powers? Well, yes, exactly. That's but the, the MCU, there are quite a few people. You know, they have a whole thing about I'm the strongest Avenger. Well, no, they say I'm this. The strongest they say Avenger. this, but from what we've seen so far, she is the strongest, she is the strongest of them all. And had she yes. been there at the start, in fact, had she actually been there in Infinity yes. War? Although, yeah. although she hadn't been developed as a character yet, I agree. Yeah. But had she been there, there's, a, there's an argument to say she might have beaten Thanos. So yeah. it, it's it's a kind of... She's a, she's a, she's a dangerous sort of mm-hmm. deus ex machina character in yes. that she just turns up and fixes it. But the it. way they dealt with her was perfect because she didn't fix it. She needed other people. Um, he had to take out the power stone and punch her away. Mm. And I thought that was cool because I'm like, how do you defeat the strongest Avenger? Mm. Well, hang on, if you've got an infinity stone that's all about power, mm. I'm willing to, like, you know, go, go with that. Yeah. Although she's Tesseract, he's Tesseract. I, I don't, don't, I don't know. know. I just think. Yeah. Uh, okay, so mm. um, number one, time travel. Mm. These are your problems. Yeah. Number two, how Captain Marvel was used. Mm. Do you have anything else? Um, what problems or just uh, no? Well, I wanted you to say nice things, but this part of the podcast has turned <laughs> well, into I you should, bitching. I should about say, Endgame. I should say, in the main, I, I did find it very, very enjoyable. Yeah. I think it, I think it's very, very sort of interesting. Um, I didn't necessarily have a problem with what with with. I, I thought that their plan. Right, there's some flaky physics Time involved. Time There's some flaky physics involved there, but so what? I mean, it's the MCU. You, you can you can do this. I, I think. Yes. Um, you could also hide behind this concept of well, it's the Infinity Stone, so anything's possible, right? Um, yeah. 
Um, well, one of them is the times. And I and I thought it was a yeah. you know a, 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 it was it was a clever and and I think wise um, go back through the MCU the mm-hmm. MCU universe over these films. Well, let's 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 revisit the original Avengers and let's revisit this and just to you know it, it, I think for those of us that had spent ages watching all these films, it was a nice sort of like time travel through some old yeah. memories. I think and I think that worked quite well and it fit the bill for the film. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what about you? Ooh, okay, so I could f- like spend five hours please, talking please about. No, I'm sure the listeners want that. Um, talking about it, good, bad, whatever. So I am going to distill um, my thoughts into uh, my own quick personal overview, and then what this means for the podcast beyond Beckdale. So. Oh my god, I keep saying so. I'm so sorry, listeners. So, 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 so. Do we me faster? Number one, this was a film about ending the Tony Stark Captain America storylines. And it did it in an impeccable fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Uh, The consensus is Tony Stark learned to um, be more thoughtful and give his life up for other people. And Captain America learned to actually live his life instead of giving up everything for other people. They both had a good arc. Um, and I thought Captain America was going to die and he didn't. I did too. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. And I think that was probably a rumor going around. So tick. Um, I, while I was watching the film, for the first probably two hours, I was really discombobulated because I found the tone weird. Like, I know they're supposed to be sombre, but, like, I don't know, it's a superhero movie. And I think there was a huge dwelling on how depressed they all were. Can I, can I just say something about yeah. that as well? Just interject with another yeah. with another observation, yeah. uh, which is, um, I know we talked about this at the time. Yeah. So, let's, for argument's sake, yeah. let's say at the point there are, are when Thanos gets rid of everyone, let's say there are mm-hmm. 8 billion people on the planet. I yes. think it's less than that, but let's say that there are. So there's not suddenly now 4 billion people on yeah. the planet, roughly speaking. Yeah. The last time there were 4 billion people on the planet was about mid-70s. 1972, in fact, because I looked this up. So, I don't remember, I mean, I wasn't around then, yeah. but I, I, I don't remember anyone telling me that society collapsed when there were half that many people around. Yeah, but you're—it's not as straightforward as oh, four million have disappeared. We'll get on with things. Mm. One, you have the aspect of grief, which is exactly what the first act of the film, first hour, is doing. Two, like these people have all gone and they had jobs and things. The world was set up for there being seven, eight billion people. So how long would it take to reset? I don't know, and I don't want to talk about five, this. Five years. I don't want to talk about this because it's just this is for an environmental, economic um, specialist. I just had a bit of a problem with that. I just thought, yeah, all yes. right, I agree with you that you know all those critical jobs at uh, Burger King and McDonald's where you, yes. you're just not going to be able to get your quarter pound of cheese on time Why couldn't the Mets anymore. play baseball? Why was there an empty baseball stadium? Yes. Why was their cars crashed outside? Were these not being cleared up by the remaining four billion people? I mean, this is this is what I don't understand. But maybe that was before the five year period, five year jump. I don't think. It I don't was. know. Um, it just. And, and then feeding into that is this, as you said before, this hmm. collective mourning that seems to yeah. last 
way too long for yeah. my liking. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, the, the world the, the world that we come into five years later is like just pure depression. I'm like, yeah. I, I think we might have gotten well, they, over a they, lot of it by now. They treat it like the rapture. That's basically what they do. They they treat it like the rapture. But I don't want to talk about that too much mm. because I think it takes away from all of the good parts in in the film. And also, what I most rather talk about, obviously is the female character stories. Uh-huh. So, I will start with the good. Nebula. Nebula has a massive part. She has such a massive part. There's two of her. Yeah. So, um, I thought that was lovely because I had found her a... Uh, not annoying, inconsequential character from Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, she's a bit more of, in Guardians the, of the Galaxy 2. She's the, the sort of yin to, to Gamora's yang, isn't yes. she? So, it's, it's all a bit... Um, but in this film, when you give uh, this is a perfect example of when you give a female character the same space to work that you give the male characters, they can give you so much more. She was funny at the beginning when she's deadpan serious, playing the little football game with. I am enjoying this. This <laughs> is fun, you know. So it's like she she has that. So she gets a little bit of humour in, which is e- essential now to the modern MCU Phase mm. Three and Beyond films. Um, she gets to have a conversation with her past self. Who wouldn't want to do that? I'm and not be sure like, I would, but carry yeah, on. Well, yeah, but it's a classic thing of like it, what you what you say to your 15 year old self. She's basically yeah. doing that. She's saying you can love, you can be a better person. And then there's the whole killing of each other. And won't get into that. Um, and then you know compa- compare that as well with the Captain America fighting Captain America, which the, all the time travel paradox stuff goes out the window. But at the same time, such an enjoyable scene. Um, uh, so I really enjoy how important she is to the story because she was effectively a minor character now here's the bad um it seems to me pushing forward nebula had to means you had to withdraw black widow the black widow story in this film is the thing that's maybe the most angry now i've heard that scarlett johansson wants to get out of the mcu or 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 kind of i don't know wants to change things there's going to be a black widow standalone film i have no idea where that fits within because now she is d-e-d um, but she had to sacrifice herself in that ri- no let's start earlier she's depressed she is the personification of the grieving process why would you pick her Scarlett has a book Black Widow she, she doesn't have normally this emotional range the whole point of her is that her training to be an assassin meant she doesn't do this Captain America fine that fits with him Tony Stark yes he makes it all about himself but he feels awful he feels like he's not doing enough I actually thought Pepper Potts was great I think she's been great in the last few movies I think she's a brilliant character um, really, really good in this film, and got to do a little bit of everything, so that was good. But <coughs> Black Widow just gave up and started eating peanut butter sandwiches, and just <laughs> like, like checking up on everyone, well, and just I think running word, shield I, on her own. I, I, I think just, the, word, the word you're looking for is she was depressed. So she that, was comfort eating, and I just thought, again, go feeds back to my point about God, just get over it. Come on, get over it a little but, bit. But not just that; it's like it doesn't fit with Black Widow. 
It's not just get over it. It's like, why that character? And it's because they couldn't find anything else for her to do because she has been sidelined through the entire MCU. Well, she has. She had the burden on her shoulders of being this one female main superhero. And then she, like, and she works so well. She has such good chemistry. Another issue. I thought her and Hulk were in love. And then they sliced that out immediately. So he could become weird Brolk, as I like to call him, Mm. where he can't decides if he's Hulk or Bruce Banner um, and they're not together they don't even act anyway they have one scene I think together that's just the, you know that's, that speaks to them speaking to each other which is that stupid scene when the kids come up and ask for yeah. the autograph and it's not even just them anyway I'm like you're not you haven't got in three hours enough time to explain to us why it's gone wrong I suppose maybe it's just because he's broke but it, that was because they've got an idea for Hulk and then obviously they had this plot with the Soul Stone and the moment they went to Vormir, her and Hawkeye, yeah. I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen. Like, that was so obvious. Yeah. Not even foreshadowing. Yeah. It's like, well, we all know Hawkeye, even though he's turned into a fucking bad guy and he's just killing people and he's got a new haircut. Oh, he has a family. Because he got to have a family in... Civil War? Whatever the film was. Civil War, I want to uh, say. The film where you find out he has a family. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was fairly... So fa- set up Fairly, for obvi- fairly to, obvious that she yeah. was, uh, was going to die, I'm really actually. upset by that. And I, even if she wanted it, I'm not entirely sure it's the right thing for Black Widow, the character. I have my own special theory about Captain America taking her on, like, time cop adventures. Because, like... If you can go back in time and get Gamora and you can do all these other things, you can find a way in this convoluted quantum realm time travel theory to get Black Widow back into things. So I hope that enough angry people like me who want to see more Black Widow will will get to see more Black Widow. Um, Gamora, kind of interesting arc. I like it because now this goes into Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They've sort of reset it, haven't they, a little bit. And Uh, I like that because I like Gamora. Um... Yeah, it's an interesting point because it was going the way of of her finally succumbing to uh, Quill's advances, and uh, and he's effectively been set back to ground zero now with her. Yeah. But um, I actually think in in the new Guardians, whenever the new Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy film, I think it'll be Nebula that will effectively replace Gamora's role. Or she'll be in it, Gamora, obviously. It will be. Um, people keep saying it's the search for Spock. Yeah. It'll be the search for Gamora well, because she's existing outside of time at the moment in a way that is. Blasting my brain. Well, she, I don't understand. Well, I actually don't know what happened to her at the end of uh, at the end of Endgame. She just sort of fucked off. She's just not in it, and there's uh, just Quill looking for her. Yeah, she just sort of fucked off. Um, because apparently, you don't come back from selling your soul to the Soul Stone. But in what they actually did was they kind of replaced her soul with women. Like this was a fridging, two fridgings in two films of a woman just to like, you know, carry on the emotional arc of all the male characters. It makes me sick. Mm. It, they could have come up with... I can give them a script where Black Widow does something else that isn't, sacrifices <laughs> herself. And a lot of people I've spoken to have been like, oh, she wants to atone. And it's like... What? So... Um, for being part of the superheroes that met... You know, all the events of Sokovia and everything onwards. And what? and also all her, all her past. Well, her past. She was, a, she was an assassin. Well, yeah, but that's like... I mean... Yeah, I know. There's worse people. Look at Bucky. Bucky gets to have a... Look, Bucky's still yeah, alive Bucky's at the end cool. of it. Bucky's cool with all his, yeah. his failings. He's and like, oh, like, don't worry about he this. He killed an awful lot of people, including Tony Stark's parents. So, um, yeah. 
uh, yeah, it makes me sad. I won't dwell on it too much. I'll just say I believe it's fridging and I believe that you could have come up with a more satisfying mm. narrative arc for Black Widow. Yeah, okay. And I look forward to hopefully her film and it Maybe. being all her, all action, all the time. We know, there's definitely going to be a Black Widow. Uh, I don't know about definite, but I'm on the, you know, It'd have to be back, in, back in time, right? Yes, I think it's a... I don't want to use the word prequel because I don't understand how that even fits now. So there's no Nikita. She's mm-hmm. not in it. And then Okoye's in it, so she fights a bit. Um, and then Shuri's in it. Yeah. But you don't get very much Black Panther because they all got taken away, even though Shuri didn't. So what was Shuri just doing? Manning Wakanda? Manning Wakanda. They could have had a scene. They were just had... Look, the, look if, if one thing I know about Endgame is that Wakanda would have been depressed... For five years, they'd have been depressed. And there'd been a shit ton of cars and other things to clear up. Other things. Vibranium, Vibranium factories. factories yes. All kinds of shit. You know, um, no longer had manpower to run. What did you think of the scene where Spider-Man's got the gauntlet and he is playing what I would like to call Infinity Relay? And um, all the female characters turn up and go, don't worry, we're here to protect you. I thought it was a bit on the nose, if I'm honest. So I think there are two schools of thought and I was originally in one school and now I think I've moved to another. And my first school was uh, when Captain America caught uh, Mjolnir, or however you say it, the hammer, because he was worthy, Yeah. everyone cheered. Except for me, because I sat there going, I thought you had to be an Asgardian <laughs> to be worthy. Yeah. <sighs> But apparently not for those purposes. Um, maybe when the whole when everyone who's as guardians are thr- in threat, it's okay. So everyone cheered for that, and then I cheered, <laughs> little old me, for when I saw all the female characters get there because I was still pissed off and reeling from Black Widow's death. Mm-hmm. And then it's this great fight scene at the end, and they all turn out, and I'm like, oh, there's actually loads of female characters! Yay, <laughs> Scarlet Witch is back! Woohoo! And I'm like, pumped up! Yeah, yeah, yeah! And then afterwards, <laughs> I say to you. I really love that and you're like oh that's so on the nose it's fan service what have you and then I've spoken to women about it since and these two schools are the one me originally yay female power woo woo and uh why have you got that ridiculously shit one scene to just show, oh, look, we'll let you know, women, we we think of you in the MCU, when really they wouldn't have needed that just one scene if they'd actually given the female characters more to do. I I think that's what I'm getting at, actually. That it was was kind of, it it was a very, very transparent attempt to say, hey, look, see, women, we are so pro-women here. Look, (laughs) a whole whole scene, whole scene for you guys. Ten that, seconds. And I, think, Woo! And, I, and I think that's my problem with it. Yeah. To say, do you need this, or do you just yeah. not just integrate the women into the yeah. rest of the plot? I mean, yeah. why? I mean, you might argue, for example, yeah. uh, maybe Captain Marvel's the one that's worthy and picks up the hammer and starts beating Thanos up. Although I did love it when Captain America did that. Oh um, yeah, but he's your favorite character, and he's he's kind of very, like he was. He is the most worthy. I, I was I was hitting uh, Thanos with yeah. him. I can tell you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly happy that that was Captain America because that actually, to me, makes narrative sense. Um, uh, let's say let's say I've got myself a little Mobius time travel strip. Tony Stark invented this within two seconds. That was another thing that got me angry. He just invented Genius. time travel. <laughs> Boom! Pimp articles, done. Um, uh, 
let's say I've got one of these. If I time travel back now, now I would actually be like, don't pander to me. Mm. But I actually feel like, like Captain America, there can be two of me that exist at the same time. And one of them is like, I'm really glad I had that scene because it made me feel good Mm -hmm. in the cinema. And the other one of me is, it only made me feel good because there aren't enough other parts that make me feel good. And Mm. they'd also just killed one of my favourite characters. Yeah. So... I would say problematic, but I will try and be charitable and say perhaps they're moving in a better direction because all of those female characters within reason are mm-hmm. still alive and can move forward. So what do you? Th- what if yeah. that scene played out a different way? What if it played out with... Hawkeye! No. Oh, with, oh sorry. I thought you were talking Black Widow, not Black Widow. Black Panther and a bunch of Wakandans oh. and Falcon... And War Machine all say, we've got your back this time. How, how would you feel? How would we feel about that? That's the rest of every one of the movies. But, but I'll tell you how I feel about that. That's how I feel when I watch the MCU. Do you not, do you, do you not, do you not think it looks a bit racially charged, that? So, oh, you were just talking sorry. See, I didn't even look at that. I just thought you were talking about male characters. No. Um no, but I think it's funny in itself. It speaks to sexism that they'd never dare touch that, mm. whereas they'd be perfectly happy yeah. with doing yeah. it with the female characters. Because I think if they, if they did it with, with all the black yeah. characters, it would, it would, it could, yeah. could be construed as a very, very ham-fisted... Protecting Tom uh, Holland as yeah. well, the little white boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I think, yeah. Yeah, so... Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like that. That's a good comparator. Ask people, how would you feel if you saw that on screen? Yeah. yeah no, good. But you liked it at the time, so. So. I did, and I still like it. That's why I say I'm in two minds about it, because I still like it. Something can be designed to pander to me and still work. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, you're servicing me. I feel serviced. Hurrah. But, um,. The point of this podcast, as I always say, is to examine these things, and they didn't do well enough from a female perspective. They didn't do well enough from a person of colour perspective. Definitely. You've got an awful lot of Rocket in this film. Could you have had someone else instead of Rocket? But Rocket's so funny. Well, you've got... Could Rocket have been a girl? Well, you've got... You've Rocket got, could have been a girl. You've got... Um, I, mean, I, I still hold it as a, general, as a general thing. It was a mistake to get rid of all the Guardians, apart from Rocket in the... Uh, in uh, Infinity War, but um, and I'm not. Yeah. Uh, Every film could do with more Groot. Well, you see, my my Groot cri- could have been a girl. As, as, why, as, can, why couldn't Groot have grown into a female Groot? Could have done. See again, it's could like. I, I mean, I still have a, a general problem with with the fact that they got rid of, in my view, too many. No, no, and I'll rephrase this. I'd have a problem with how many characters they got rid of in Infinity War. I just have a problem with how long it took them to bring them back in in Endgame, and I think. If all you're going to see them is in the final battle sequence, it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it becomes an Avengers film without a shit ton of quite cool characters. Um, that sort of slightly annoyed me, but there you are. Yeah. So in the end, it was a good film. Yeah, it was good. a good ending. It would hopefully keep the completionists happy. It wasn't my favourite. Even though I'd happily go and see it again, which I didn't, which I didn't say with Infinity War, so but which I've seen three times now, I think, um, but only one at the cinema, which is testament to the fact that it maybe it is a good film, and I'm com- like conning myself, or it could be the fact that I'm a completionist and I feel like this is the last time I get to feel like this, so I want to feel like it, and also take in things. I found that when I don't like something, my vision goes a bit hazy. 
So because then I'm like I'm still angry for like ten minutes afterwards, and then I watch something again, knowing what's going to happen, and I enjoy it a lot more because I'm at peace with how it didn't work out the way I wanted it. Um, I I I think it was a reasonable conclusion to the Infinity War saga, yeah. so to speak. Um, it was never ever gonna tick every single box. There was always gonna be some issues with it. But if you yeah. ask me, again, my bar is not is not particularly high. Did it get over that bar? Yes, my, miles over. It's it's a it's a pretty satisfactory conclusion. My bar my is higher than yours, and your bar should be higher. Oh, I don't know. Um, I'll take anything really. Yeah. Um. So that's it. Yes. Yeah. End game. I think we spoiled it quite a lot without giving any details of the plot. That, that's almost genius levels Everyone's of annoyance. Everyone's seen it now anyway, <laughs> God. Maybe. You can't be spoilers at this late hour. I want to leave on a positive note and say I see more positive things coming out of the next phase or, or however they're going to do the MCU in the future. I see, I see X-Men coming out of the next phase of the yeah. MCU. Yeah. And you and I have both done some research. We're not experts, but we know a bit about how big all of the X-Men character list is. And there are huge amounts of positive things that could happen that would be more representative and would bring in new characters. The only danger is that it's still fairly close time-wise to the current X-Men sort of franchising, so I don't know. I say this, I say (laughs) Spider-Man. So many Spider-Man films. Yeah, well, I think the other possibility is the Fantastic Four as well. But anyway, by the by. Yeah, I think they're coming too. But I think that from a completionist perspective, to round this off, we've completed the collection. Yes. And we can still get enjoyment out of re-watching and, mm-hmm. and learning more about it. But also, end game, yeah. there, there is a natural yes. ending. we are... Definitely done with the MCU until Spider-Man comes out. <laughs> until time. July. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, thanks very much. Thank you. With the Avengers, we gotta finish this. Thank you very much for making it through to the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed our analysis. And if you have any thoughts and you want to contact us, you can always email beyondbeck at gmail.com. That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-B-E-C-H at gmail.com. Or you can contact us uh, on Twitter at beyond underscore Beckdale. And we'd really like to hear from you, whether you're a completist or hate completionism and what you think about Avengers. Everybody's got a comment. Um, And hopefully we'll hear from you very soon. Thanks very much. Bye.